What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Almond Brown 09, coming to you guys today with a random the Beauty Shop Talk uh, <laughs> podcast. I'm here with my lovely client, and we just having conversations, and I felt like I needed to turn on the recorder. So sit back and enjoy. It may be a few interruptions, but so be it. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead with your friend. Oh, yeah. We're talking about relationships and just getting that validation from yourselves first. Mm-hmm. I met this guy <laughs> on Twitter. I don't know how he found me, how we found each other. But this relationship has been like the thing that I have been waiting for. Mm. And you sometimes, oh, it's weird. It's weird because he'll say the things that I'm thinking and he'll be like, He'll understand, like, oh, I'm sexualizing you in this aspect. I'm sorry. Let me reevaluate what I'm thinking. Oh, and I'm wow. just like, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> I'll give you an example. Like, I um, have a male massage therapist, and we were talking about just how I um, hold tension in my glutes and stuff. And he was just like, mm, I don't want to dab touching you there. I'm like, okay, but we're thinking thinking about it in a sexual manner like yeah. this is something that's really just like physical and um, therapeutic like in the aspect of like helping me relax yeah there's like nothing sexual behind there's nothing sexual that's behind his job it. exactly and like the fact that my boyfriend like realized that and was like okay i'm gonna rethink that and reevaluate that and just try to look at it Aspect. It's like what? what? <laughs> so he's he's compromising. Yeah. And that's that's all a part of <laughs> being in a relationship is being able to compromise and not feel like he's losing yourself in, in that in that, you know, compromise. Exactly. Compromise. And, and then just <laughs> right. But it's then just good. like seeing the other person's perspective of it too and like genuinely being open to that mm-hmm. is just um that's the that's the secondary validation mm-hmm. because you found validation within yourself first, mm-hmm. and so you can recognize when it's a it, he's giving you validation without wanting something in return. Exactly. You know, so like I was saying, with a lot of guys, well, a lot of women they think when a man tell you that you're beautiful, that it's about him. He's sexualizing you. Oh my gosh, you're so fine. You know, and it's not even that. But we're so afraid that a man wants to talk to us or he's trying to have sex with us that we can't even take a compliment mm-hmm. and just walk away with it. And, and it's like, okay, thank you. Exactly. You know, it's, it's more of the thank attitude, turn your nose up in the air, but that could have been your husband. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not already married, that could have been your husband. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have to get away with it. Some married women I see, boy, they can't take it when a man compliment them. Oh, he seen my ring, he knew I was married. But the man ain't dead. Okay. You see a fine man, and in your, you might have said it in your head. Oh, dang, he's fine. Mm-hmm. But you still said it, and right. you're still married. You exactly. know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, I mean, just you acknowledging it isn't anything that's sexual. And that's one thing. I've been trying to, like, um, compliment women out a lot more. Yes. Because that's one thing that, you know, just makes us feel good. We know for a fact that it's not sexual. Well, we feels a little bit better knowing that it's not sexual coming from a woman. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just getting a compliment from another that's what us women we do need and we don't compliment each other enough right. but 
a lot of things that us that we as women do, we're not doing it for a man. Exactly. We're doing it for the women. For a woman to compliment you is is the highest form of flattery mm-hmm. as opposed to a man. Okay. You know, because we know, especially with makeup, most of the time we know how makeup should be or we know mm-hmm. how outfit should look or shoes or whatever it is. And for a woman to say, oh, girl, your makeup look cute today. Or y'all, you know, and, and for her to compliment you, it's like, oh, you know <laughs> You know, I did right. But you, because, you know, we say we see men, oh, he thinks she pretty. Or he, you know, and us women do that because we thinking that the woman is ugly. Mm-hmm. But to the man, we'll think that, oh, well, he's just saying it because he want to sleep with her. But that may not be true. Yeah. But that same woman that you feel like the man should not be attracted to, tell them that she beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, if you really truly don't believe it, don't tell the lady. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you don't, don't lie about it. But still, be okay with complimenting a woman and not feeling like you got to say no homo after it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it's never, it shouldn't always be about sexualizing your compliment. Exactly. You know, it, I mean, you it ain't like you walking around with a twinkle in your eye and you licking your lips at her now. That might, <laughs> you know, that might be something different. You know what I'm saying? But if, if that's not where, you, where you're going at with it, but still be comfortable enough in your sexuality and what you know about yourself that it's okay and know that it's okay for you to give another woman a compliment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we see love so much as sexual mm-hmm. nowadays, intimacy so much as only being sexual, and we miss out on such like deep connections yes. that we can have with other people, like in a not sexual manner. Yeah, but it, people have to understand and realize that intimacy is not the same thing as sex. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. If all you're getting is is sex, 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 but you don't feel anything outside of the feeling down there. And you don't feel anything in your heart and everything else like that, you're not, I feel like you're not getting the level of intimacy that you may deserve. No. You know, but if you're not seeking it, then hey, that's why you're not getting it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not seeking it, that means you're not going to require it either. You know, but no, I, for me, especially as the older I get, I, if you can't satisfy me mentally, and oh, for a man to satisfy you mentally, uh-huh. That is now that is intimacy right there for me. You ain't you don't even have to touch me physically, but if you can touch me with your mind, and we can talk about everything, and it don't have nothing to do with sex. It don't always lead back to sex. Every word I say don't lead up to you saying or you know it's a sexual innuendo behind it. Oh, but we can talk about politics. Mm-hmm. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about poker. We can talk about kids. Maybe we can. Oh, and girl, don't let me be the man that can talk about the word. Mm. Oh, that's <laughs> girl, we can talk about the word too. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's to me, that's that's intimacy, right there. That that bedroom or what they call pillow talk. Yeah, exactly. Without actually having to put the pillow over your face afterwards. You know, just being able to have that talk with somebody and then just lay down and go to sleep, mm-hmm. or have that talk with a friend, and it don't always lead back to y'all. Laying down with one another, you know what I'm saying? It's funny you said that because my boyfriend and I were long distance, we're about seven hours apart. Mm-hmm. And yesterday we were reading, I was reading a book too, and then we like stopped and talk about it every now and then. And it was just, I've never had that before. And being able to connect with somebody on a spiritual level, and like there's a book that we were um, reading was about Jesus. And um, his sermon on the mountain top. But um, 
just like, I don't know, having that connection where you can talk about, like you said, about other things, about what makes you tick, about what really interests you, about your goals in life and how you want to achieve those goals. Oh, that's such a good feeling. And for the longest, I thought that it had to come from a man. I really did thought that it had to come from a man. But I have that relationship with my mom. I have that relationship with my best friend. And just the fact that I also have that relationship with my man is amazing. Yes. And the fact that there is no judgment behind the way you think about something. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to always preface your, your, your opinion with me. You know, I don't think like you. Because, you know, sometimes we find ourselves doing it and we have to explain away the way we really feel in order to make other people feel comfortable with the way we really feel. You know, because it doesn't line up with everybody. I don't think like everybody else. And like I was telling you with the whole um, race thing and everything always being about black and white and always being a victim. I don't see me as being that way. And it's not me being oblivious to the pain of other people or the, the fight or the struggle of other people. But when I tell you God has done so much for me, and it's just like, I, I feel like I can't be negative about everything. Because he brought me through so much, especially death at a young age. You know, when people think that you're going to lose your mind and you don't. And you supersede the things that they say that you would never do. I, I can't find myself harping on the, this, the troubles of the world as far as, oh, well, because you black, then they not gonna let you do this. Well, watch this. You know what I'm saying? And it's not to prove it to the other people, but it's to prove to yourself. I can still do it, although you told me I could. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, it's our people that's telling us that we can't. <laughs> you know, it's your family that's saying that because they didn't get that way, or they, they weren't able to experience that world, you're not either. So much about knowing your power, yeah. and that, however, that comes to you if it's in your relationship with God or if it's in your spirituality, just knowing how you have the power to change your environment is such like a transformative thing that has yeah. come to my life. Because we talked about having that victim mentality and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is happening to me, this is happening to me. Well, what if we took a step back and be like, okay, this is happening, but what can I do about it? Because a lot of the times, like, you can't control what's going on in your environment, but you can control your reaction to it. And that's one thing that, like, with my mental health problems, that's one thing that I've really learned to focus on. It's like, okay, what can I control in this situation? What makes me feel, what's going to make me feel better? And then just realizing what you can control, doing those things, and letting go of everything else you can't control. Just be like, all right, the rest of this is in your your hands, God. I know what I got to do, but I can't do anything about this, so we're going to let you have this. Yes, cast your cares upon him. He cares for you. You don't worry about it, don't pray about it. If you don't pray about it, stop worrying about it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and... and you were saying about the whole environment thing, sometimes it takes for us to move out of said environment in order for it to change. But we get so comfortable, and I gave this analogy before. <laughs> my my dad uh, slash pastor said it in church. He said, if you put a frog in a pot of water on the stove, and let it just sit there in that pot of water, and you turn the heat up, the frog still going to sit there because it's in its environment in the water. So it's not going to move. 
and the heat can get turned up, 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 higher, 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 but the frog's still not going to move. And eventually, guess what's going to happen? It's going to boil to death. It's not going to move. But that's the same way we get. We get so complacent and so comfortable in our in our positions and our, in our way of life and doing things that we killing ourselves slowly. The heat just getting turned up higher and higher and we won't move because we've become so comfortable in, in, in our environment. We don't want to move. We know it's not right. I know the frog like, dang, you know, this water was a little cold two minutes ago. <laughs> You know, but but it's still gonna sit there because I'm comfortable. This is where I'm used. I'm used to being in the war. You know, and so a lot of people it's like they so used to being in a fight for their life and everything. But when they don't have to fight, they don't see that. Mm-hmm. So they don't walk out of the fight. They rather fight, fight, fight for everything just because they can say I fought for this. But sometimes God wanna just hand to you, but you feel like you gotta fight for it. Mm-hmm. So guess what He gonna let you do? He gonna let you fight for it. <laughs> He's like, all right, I see you want to get your exercise in. Let's go. I guess. Yeah, you, I see you want to fight for it, but that's just like you know when they took that trip. It, it wasn't supposed to take those forty. What was it? Forty night? Uh, forty years or whatever in the world. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to take that trip that long, but because they were so stuck in, well, no. Mm-mm. And they're like, I've seen that tree before. I see the same marking on the tree. We just keep walking past. Yeah. But he told you to go left, and you went right. The, the exit was right there, and you decide to go all the way around to I-10, and we know how long I-10 <laughs> It's funny, because it reminds me of something of my therapist, that my therapist um, and I talked about, just how like I deal with a lot of anxiety, and how these thought patterns in our brain like become physical things almost like we have to get to the point where we have to rewire our brain to think another way because we just get stuck in the thing in the same thought cycle and like you're talking about in that same just like area of comfort that we can't see outside of it we can't see a different way of looking at the situation and so that's one thing my therapist has taught me a lot she's like okay Let's look at the facts of the situation. We're going to take a step back. And sometimes it's easier like for me to do that, like talking to my mom or talking to somebody other than myself. Right. You're just trying to figure it out on your own. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I just, I had to just go through it on Sunday. With my sister, you know, because I moved. And I thought I could do everything on my own. But... When she called me, I just literally broke down. She didn't know what was going on. And I told her, she like, oh, uh, come on, I'm pray about this thing. And she literally, now she's younger than me, but she had to walk me through how to move out of my house because I waited to the last minute and I did ask for help. Nobody else knew I was moving. And so she was like, okay, let's be rational. Let's do it this way. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. even after every area of me, I cleaned the bathroom, I would take a picture of it. And she was like chilly for me. Girl, I'm so proud of you. You know what I'm saying? I go to the next one. You know what I'm saying? I do this and I do that. I would take pictures and send to her. And she was just chilly. My sister was up. So I finished at 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And she messaged me. She was like, are you done? Are you done? I was going on. And I told her, I said, I'm finally done. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Just, you know, take your rest. And this is that third. But, you know, we don't say that we don't need people. But it, it's not the fact that I didn't need nobody. I didn't want to bother her. I felt like I was bothering anybody thought I would ask for help. 
But we have to get out of that. And I know that because I tell people that all the time. <laughs> you know, so it's easy for us to say, I'm going to pray for you. And it's harder for us to pray for ourselves. Right. You have so much faith that God going to do it for somebody else. But when it comes to you, sometimes you have, uh, I don't know now. Mm. But why your, your prayer and your faith so strong for somebody else and not yourself? And I, I recognize that and I understand it. You know what I'm saying? But I, I feel like at times I'm so strong for everybody else that when it's my turn to be weak, I don't see nobody else to lean on. Mm-hmm. You know? So. I was watching this sermon about self care and it was flipping the like Proverbs, you into others as you move you into yourself, mm-hmm. flipping it the other way around. So, okay, saying, okay, you wouldn't do this to somebody else. Why are you doing it to yourself? Or if you were in that situation, you would want them to reach out to you, but why aren't you reaching out? Mm-hmm. You know? See, that, and that, that was me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people all the time, you got any prayer requests? You got anything you want me to talk about? This is the thing you want to help with? Something just, even if it's just being here, I can be there. You know, but I wrote a post on Facebook one time. Sometimes, uh, you know, do that person for everybody. But when it comes time for you to need somebody, there's nobody around. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's not saying that there is no people in my life like that, that that are there for me, but I'm so used to me being that somebody for everybody that I haven't taken the time to really look around and say, hey, you know, I got such and such over here. That's my somebody. You know, but like I said, if I feel like I'm going to be a bother, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to call. I'll sit here. I'll cry my eyes out. Like, Lord, now you know. And he's looking at me like, girl, you know. <laughs> I'll sit your help over there, but you won't go, you won't go get it. And we get like that. And I was just telling my people when I was on, when I pulled up, I was online. And so, you know, this whole thing is going on with Texas. And so there's somebody that we watch that's on, um, you know, on YouTube, and she she was in the people, is in the people, what not, with another YouTube, it's a guy, but they live in the same city, you know what I'm saying? He reached out, well, I ain't gonna say he reached out, but he put out a video saying that, hey, if she need me, my number should the same. Now, they didn't be with each other, they used to be friends, but he said my number is still the same if she need me, because she hasn't eaten 48 hours, her electricity just came back on, but she doesn't have any water. She don't have no food in the house. No number of so apparently he has food in his house. Luckily, I don't know. I didn't watch the video. I'm just going by what somebody else said. But I was saying, I feel like, you know, and I know so, that God will lock something up in somebody that you don't like. But you got to humble yourself and reach out to that person and say, you got what I need. You know what I'm saying? And so that, at this point, she's in that she's in that moment of she won't reach out because it's proud. She won't reach out because he has done and said some awful things to her. Yes, he has. But we have boyfriends, husbands, girlfriends, wives have done <laughs> things to us, and we still go back. Mm-hmm. The pain and hurt is locked up inside of them, and we go back and unlock that door every single time. But your need to survival to eat is locked up inside of this man. But we feel like, I feel like, that she's going to be too stubborn to reach out and say, hey, can you feed me? You know, regardless if it's going to be for quick reviews, regardless if it's going to be for, for show, at the end of the day, you're alive. 
you you're not hungry no more. You know, so we we have to stop being so unforgiving for the sake of being unforgiving. There's no reason. There's no reason for you not to be even even with somebody that they have done something to you. But you still harbor that unforgiveness. Guess what? Like Will Smith said, they give you a reason you don't need it. Because at the end of the day, most of them don't deny what they did to you anyway. But then you still walking around here so mad that that but that person got what you need locked up inside of them, but you won't unlock it. You won't do nothing about it. You know, but I don't know. I just I was just telling them, I just pray that she if somebody told her what he said, that she put her pride aside and let the man come and give her some food. Right. Because she can't leave you. You know what I'm saying? But we, we got to stop being so unforgiving. We got to let go of that pride. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it goes back to kind of what I was talking what me and my boyfriend always talking about, always talk about like knowing what, figuring out what you can do in that situation. Because your ego is going to hold on to all the hurt and the stuff that's happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that stuff isn't serving you anymore. Like, what is the purpose of holding on to that? None. Really? <laughs> no purpose at all. What is the purpose? <laughs> but that goes back to that victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Some people enjoy being a victim. Right. You know, that's that hypochondriac. They they enjoy people giving them the attention. What is the, uh, the Munchausen syndrome? You know, if uh-huh. you always got to be hurt, you want to go to that because you want to be seen. You want somebody to argue over you. Oh, my God, what's wrong with you? No, you you can't be like that always because that's that's like the boy that cried wolf. Mm-hmm. Eventually, nobody's gonna come. Exactly. So then, what are you gonna do? Now you have to rely on yourself to bring yourself out of it. When all this all this while you relied on everybody else, but it's your turn to take care of you. You can't look at everybody else to take care of you when you don't know how to take care of yourself. How can you tell somebody else, "I like it over here, but not over there. I heard over here, I heard over there." But you can't. You can't fix it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't know how to fix it yourself, but we asking everybody else to fix us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let me fix me first. And then when you know you get in a relationship with somebody, you can be like, you know, hey, this is this some things I may go through. Mm-hmm. If this is the way to calm me down. If you can help, if I can't get myself that way, if I can't calm myself down, you know, you have somebody else that can help you, uh, or whatever, but you know, you got to be willing. Or find somebody to be willing to open up to that with the, get out of that whole victim mentality of everybody doing everything to you, but you're not even looking at what you're doing to yourself. You can be your own victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can be your own victim. So if you're not careful, you you will victimize yourself, but then it's going to turn around and you're going to blame somebody else for it. But, Look in the mirror. Like, yes. What did you do? Asking yourself to change yes. your way. <laughs> I'm asking me to change my way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Look, you got to ask God, listen, show me me. Mm-hmm. Show me what I'm doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Not what everybody else is doing wrong, or what everybody else has done wrong to me. You know, we ask for God to release this and release that and take this and Remove this and remove that. Okay, well, he might remove you from you. Okay. <laughs> well, that part of you, you know. Yeah. But you got to recognize that because you will pick it right back up. Because you, you, you so you are so comfortable with it. Back to that big complacent. You are so comfortable with that part of you that 
you don't know how to live without it. Oh my gosh, I'm just gonna die without that. No, you're not. You know how I know? Because you live to even feel that part of you not be there. Exactly. And you survived it. <laughs> <laughs> like the little guy in the hangover. But did you die? Yeah, girl, but did you die? <laughs> Somebody else, fool, girl. He put the chair on the little boy's hand, and his hand started bleeding. And the little boy got so upset, and my son said, "But did you die?" And the teacher told me that I cried on the inside. I'm like, "Did he? What? The, how? Why did he, girl?" But when she told me that I died, oh, he, he, told, and he was in the first grade, girl. He told that boy, "But did you die?" So he got sent out. Teacher said he wasn't remorseful. Well, was he wrong? <laughs> he was. Like, good morning. Good morning. The teacher felt like, you know, he should have said that, and he should have been, uh, felt like he should have been, you know, more remorseful and saying, I'm sorry. But no, my son said, but did you die? So what? I mean, at one point, at some point, like saying sorry really isn't going to do it. No, it's not. Because <laughs> if you're, especially if you're going to do it again, mm-hmm. you know you're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you want to put the chair down on his head and then ask for the <laughs> So why make him apologize if he really didn't mean to do what he was that he said? He's going to make the little boy feel good in that moment? No. No. So, because <laughs> so it was the way that she told me with how she said it. I knew he said it. So right? Like, I, can't, I can't even dispute him even saying something like that because I know he would. <laughs> That's my child. So I know he'll say something crazy or something. But yeah, he, he does me the same way. So, you know. You're not going to listen in some things children say, though. You know, like you say um, you hurt somebody on accident, you say that you're sorry, mm-hmm. and then that person is still just like harping on and on about it. It's like, I already said I'm sorry. Like, you're okay. But what else you want what me else to do? do? <laughs> I said I'm sorry. What, what you want from me? What else do you want from me? You know, I'm not going to let him tell you sorry over and over again. I'm not going to let him tell you sorry over and over again. You're not going to do that to my child either. I don't care what he, what he did. If he said, I apologize the first time, if you don't believe him that first time, you're not going to believe him the second time. Nothing that he says or however he said or how, even with us or both. You know, you can tell me I'm sorry. Yes, I didn't. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't think he meant, well, that's your fault. Exactly. How you feel about the way I said it, that, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. I apologize to me, you know, although it may be a couple extra syllables in there, I'm just, I need I, I, I apologize. He's not going to sit here to me, you know, in my mind. <laughs> I need I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. That's not that's the same thing we do with Donna. Mm-hmm. We don't we, we repent. We apologize. We actually say that you said it. You know, you know, it's great. You know, you
y'all for joining us for uh, Beauty Shop Chronicles. I'll come back with you guys another time. I love you with the love of God. And there is what? Nothing you can do about it. Bye!